passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyle Curbison. Join us, Reed Bacon. The Vols are 1-0, baby, and we're breaking down the entire game, things that we liked, players that we'd like to see, uh, and what good plays we had and plays maybe that we can adjust or do differently and get better in. Uh, but before we get into that, y'all, please, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe and like and hit that notification bell. Also, leave comments. We absolutely love them. If you're just listening, please rate and review, follow and download. It helps us so much. And share with your friends and family. Let them know this is the place to go. If you want the game breakdown, if you want knowledge on what's going on, here is where you do it. Um for the podcast, we also talk about the pit game leading into that, what we expect out of them, and what they showed us this past week, and give our new locks of the week. Uh, so a great podcast. Let's jump into it. The game. Snap, the kick is in the air, and the kick this time is no, sir, Reed. No, sir, Reed. Final score. Tennessee 20, Florida 17. Pandemonium reigns. Looks, loads up, fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught on Tennessee. Tennessee wins! by Tennessee to one Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. All right, so before we get into the podcast, we got to shout out our number one sponsor, betonline.ag. You guys know, I say it every podcast, it is the place to go for all your betting news and odds and sports, everything that this is the place. Okay. With Bet Online, you get the most up to date fighting news. You get to bet on MLB games going on right now, NFL. I mean, you can bet on anything team total wins, division wins. Uh, individual players, all of it, okay? So now is the time to sign up. At Bet Online. you can sign up on your mobile device or you can uh, go online 
get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE at checkout. That's B-L-E-A-V. And you get that 50% welcome bonus. So listen, y'all, please use that. Please go to bet online when you're doing all your sports betting. It makes things a lot more fun and a lot more interesting. Um, and I always love them. They're the place to go. Bet online. It's where the game starts. All right. Welcome in, everybody. Another exciting podcast here. The Vols are 1-0. Uh, took a whoop into Ball State. And we are going to talk about everything. But first, Reed. How are we doing, bud? Ball State is not the only one that is 0-1. I think someone else is 0-1 on the road <laughs> of the way. I thought you were going to wait a little while before you gave me such a hard time, but, geez, right off the bat. All right, first off, do you see this? So I shaved, I shaved like uh, probably a week ago, and just it was the first time I had shaved all this in my entire life. And what I mean in my entire life, like it took me forever to even grow any sort of really facial hair so since I could have facial hair I always kept this but going to the lake this 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 past weekend I did it as a joke just to have the stash but look so another quick story is I this Bridgestone it's an old school Bridgestone hat Uh so I'm I'm showing it down here on the zoom where you and I are talking about showing it here so look so if I just go like this (laughs) if I just go like this then I'm, I'm pretty much just like you just wait till this gets a little bit more like it gets a little bit thicker and stuff. And then I trim this up and keep yeah. it that, you know, then look, I'll just be like, just like you. Exactly the same. Just, yeah. you know, about 65 pounds lighter. Yeah. But the exact same strength. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, but isn't that, isn't that a sick hat though? Old I love that hat. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so anyways, yeah, I thought I would do that as a joke. Yeah, I showed up. So anyways, it was a great weekend. We went to Memphis. We drove to Memphis on Wednesday, and then we went to their lake house down there in Arkansas on Thursday. Uh, and so it was with my aunt and uncle and, and, and cousins and their two husbands and my mom and dad. Georgia couldn't come. Uh, she was actually traveling with some friends, but great time. I absolutely love going to that lake house there. And it's uh, like Tannenbaum, Arkansas, Greer's Ferry, Arkansas uh, are kind of the areas. It's about two and a half hours from Memphis. Yeah. So it's a long haul, you know, from here. But we break it up going to Memphis and spend the night. But great time, great fun. Yeah, so there's a course right down the house, right down from the lake house. It's called Tannenbaum. And it's a fun It's a fun course. It's, uh, it's kind of near and dear to my heart because it's – it's not a great course, but we go there and play, and it's fun, enjoyable. Well, so we started to get um, a little bit of rain right as we were making the turn. So we pulled into the cart barn, and there's this guy there. There's an older guy named Harold, and he's the guy that's like the the cart guy. And so we always mess with Harold and talk with him. And so we were in there, and this hat was sitting up on the, on the like, area. And then there's a couple other hats and, like, some old head covers. So I was like, Harold. I was like, how long has that hat been in here? He's like, oh, a long time. I was like, can I have it? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, I don't care. He's like, you might want to go to the He's like, I love it. You're just an out-of-towner, and you get you get the leftovers. Well, I saw the hat, and I just loved it. And he was like, you might want to wash it. It's been there a while. And it, and it was it was pretty dirty and, like, older. So I definitely threw that bad boy in the wash. Like, that's why it looks, like, perfectly clean now. It looks great. But, 
yeah, but yeah. So anyway, so it was funny that I found the hat, but uh, yeah. So we, we, you know, got to play Tannenbaum. Then there's another course we got to play Mountain Ranch. Uh, so it was fun time, great weekend. Good to be out on the lake too, and um, saw a lot of Arkansas people. And I was always wearing my UT stuff, so I wore my bright orange baseball that says balls because that's obnoxious as I can be when we got there. And then when we were playing golf, of course, I was repping my UT polo and stuff like that. So uh, great great weekend and awesome sports weekend. I mean, Tennessee handles business, my lock of the week won a lot of, a lot of good games that we can talk about, but it's funny because I didn't get to watch the UT game. I watched it on my phone and I got to see the first little bit. And then as we were getting on those back roads, getting close to Lake house, it went out. So then I was just keeping up with it. And then I knew I was going to go back and watch it. So I actually watched the entire game, took my three page of notes yesterday on the drive home because my dad was an absolute superstar champ and ended up driving the whole way I offered. And he was like, he kind of has this weird thing that he says, if I'm in the car, I might as well just be driving because he can't really relax when someone else is driving. No. Well, and more power to him. (laughs) And more power to me because I enjoy not driving. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. How was your weekend? It was it was good. Um, hanging out here, we're still going antique shopping every Saturday to try and figure out, try and find stuff, try and find you know a desk, a uh, a chair. We found a chair, um, ergonomic nice. like chair that my wife can use, and uh, she she she. She very much likes to move around while she sits. Yeah. Uh, so it's always it's it, it's knees up, it's knees down, it's folded underneath, it's it's extended out. So we got this chair that is like uh, and almost like has a footrest in front of it. So you can kind of like put your feet or your knees on it and all that yeah, kind of stuff. So it just helps her because she's she's a fidgeter while she's working from home. So found she that. Home a lot? not a lot. Um, yeah. but there's times where she just gets tired of like sitting in the office and she knows if she has something here, she can just like drive home and then work the last two hours of the day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's a great thing for national traffic, by the way. Oh, exactly. Cause once it hits four forty-five, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Screwed. Big, big time. Um, but I had a great weekend because, and honestly, like, it might not be that great for the guys playing on Thursdays, but it was awesome for me because, like, it was, like, got it out of the way. And then, like, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I was just like, oh, I, I, my team's already won. I'm not even thinking about that. Like, I'm not even worried about that anymore. I can just watch these games freely mm-hmm. and root for who I want to root for, too. I said I said that same thing, actually, when I was driving in the car. It was pretty. It was pretty crazy. I mean, sitting there. So we're in, we're in Central Time, which was great. So you know, the game starting at you know, six o'clock there, or, yeah. or whatever. And so, um, wait, yeah, it was seven o'clock Eastern, six o'clock. Yeah, it was Central, six o'clock. Right? Yeah. So it was like five forty-five in the car. I'm like, holy crap, we got football in fifteen minutes. So I was like, you know, as we're driving to the lake house, and so it was super exciting. I was like, wow, it's it's actually here. And yeah, I love the Thursday night. Like, kind of almost get that anxiousness out of the way. And then, like you said, if you win, handle business and the rest of the weekend, just gambling and, you know, enjoying it, not worrying about it. Yeah. It's awesome. I, I, I loved it, honestly. Um, so I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on, on the game. And um, 
basically I'll just say this real quick before you handle it. Um, I was happy that not, you know, I wasn't there. If I'd been in town, I would have gone, but it looked like it was great weather, which is fantastic. Looked like another good crowd. Shocker. Tennessee has great fans. Um, <laughs> yeah, shock. And so it looked like it was a great night to start the season off. Uh, so those are my quick takeaways that I was happy yes. to say. I want to hear what you have. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was awesome. I agree with you with what you said. We do have amazing fans, and it makes it, you know, it, even though we're playing Ball State, everyone showed up. Everyone wanted to be there. Everyone wanted to be at the first game. Everyone wanted to support these guys. So absolutely love that. I absolutely love that there was never a shadow of a doubt. There was never a, wait, hold on. Is this, that it, like, it's not like – Georgia Southern or what was it Georgia Southern or Georgia State? Georgia State. Georgia State. It wasn't like uh Appy State. Right. That, that was like was that in overtime in 2016? I think so. It was close. I remember that. It was close. Like that's Dobbs had like right. a that's last I second. I, that's what I remember. I yeah, I liked uh, Scott Satterfield. That's when I found out about Scott Satterfield as a coach. I was like, dude, yeah, so it wasn't been that, that great. Yeah, it wasn't that. It was a route. It was easy. I wasn't worried about anything. I could watch and be like, "Let me look at this stuff." Like, let me not follow the ball. Let me look at this stuff. And I think a lot of the stuff that we said on last podcast happened, showed up, and they did what we wanted and said that, "Hey, this is probably a good idea for them to do." So that was kind of cool to see too. Um, I don't know. Do you want to go? Defense, offense. You want to go offense, defense. Do you want to go like first through the fourth? Um, what do you want to do? I don't really care. I mean, I love offense, so I can start there. That's fine. Start offense. Um, and we can just kind of go back and forth on it. Unfortunately, my notes are not as organized as usual because I'm literally was riding writing while riding in the yeah. car. So it goes offense, defense, offense, defense as I watch a game. But um, yeah, that's fine. Um, okay, so offense first offensive play is a touchdown. If there was a bet on that, <laughs> how much money do you think you would have made on that? That their first offensive play of the year was a touchdown, uh, and it's to your favorite player, Jalen Hyatt. <laughs> Uh, don't don't try to act like I'm a hater. You know I'm not a hater. And don't act like you haven't said the exact same shit that I have. No, I know. I know. I know. Uh, but, yeah, touchdown to Jalen. Great way to start. Uh, for some reason, Ball State thought, you know what? Uh, first play after a turnover, we're going to run man coverage. <laughs> for, some, for some reason, like, you don't know we're going to take a shot? Like, that's that's what you do after a turnover in plus territory. Like, you take a shot every time. Wait, wait, wait. You think that, that play to Jalen Hyatt was taking a shot? Well, no, but I wouldn't have ran man coverage on defense if I was Ball State. I mean, Ball State, they don't have many options. They, they're <laughs> going to run zone, we're going to crush them. If they run man, we're going to crush them. But, I, yeah. Because okay. the rest of the game, they they dropped eight in rush three. So, they they, well, they were a little wiser at that point. Um, But, I, I mean – I love the offense performance. I love what Hendon did. Um, his calmness in the pocket, his decision making. They integrated RPOs even more into the system, where it was literally Hendon deciding if wide receivers getting the ball or running backs getting the ball, and no one else knows. The other ten guys on offense didn't even know. 
So the defense is definitely not going to know. And I love it that way. That is the best way to take advantage of a defense. And we did it with Dobbs all the time, depending on different plays. He was reading one guy or maybe reading multiple guys, but he was the only one who knew where the ball was going. And that's the best way to do it. So I loved seeing that. Um, I think uh, I thought it was funny that, like, you know, we talked about, like, I don't want to see Hendon run the ball at all. Even if he does have the opportunity, he better slide. And that's what he did. Whenever he did have the opportunity, it was an open field. He slid. And we said, maybe you can do it on the goal line when you have one or two yards. And that's exactly what he did. So it would just lined up exactly what we said. Um, and I'm trying to think of just other broad things before I get into the specifics. Um, and I think uh, there was one drive that I just thought was like our most impressive drive. And it was about. Hold on. Minutes. Hold on. Don't don't say it. Let me see if we have the exact same one. OK, <laughs> I won't say it. First try. First say, try how did first you first. feel overall offensively before we get into like specific kind of stuff? Well, was your favorite drive the first drive out of halftime? No. OK, I, was, I thought that was the case because we just ran it right down their throats. Yeah, that was a good one. I'm not going to lie. Um, so my overall for offense. It was kind of weird because it's a new year, but I felt like I was watching the exact same team as last year in a way, um, which is not a bad thing. You know, that's not a bad thing at all. It's just kind of weird, I think, because my expectations are different by a little bit this year. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not sitting here saying 10 wins um, or anything like that, but I do have some expectations of, you know, last year I said six and six. I think this year I said eight wins, nine wins. Um, and I said a potential for 10 wins or the bowl win, but it's so weird to me. Cause like, I think we're going to beat Pitt. I still feel that. Like I have buddies that are freaking out now about the Florida game. Like after they saw that, like, I still think we're going to beat Florida. Like, I do too. you know, like, I don't, I think Utah kind of got screwed on some of those touchdowns. And like, I thought they moved the ball really well. I still trust us against AR 15. Cause I think he's the only thing they have. It's at home. Like, I just – I will be very surprised. Yeah, I, let me – I can't say very. I cannot say very because it's it still is Florida. It's still a big game. But, like, I'm going to be a little surprised, yeah, if we lose that game. Yeah. Like, you you and I are going that game. And and one of my other – one of my other buddies is going with us. Like, if we leave that game and we've lost, like, I'm going to be pretty surprised if we're walking out of that game looking at each other like, WTF, what just happened? So, so it's like – it's I'm watching the same team as last year. In, in a way, but then they're different, but yet I have different expectations for them. You know, offensively, I didn't take a ton of it uh, for me. Like, I'm more like, all right, let's get to pit. Let's see what we got going on. I mean, yeah. Um, I, you know, first off, Cedric Tillman, I think everyone knows how good he is, but I think it's even opened my eyes a little bit more to how good he really, really is. Like, he truly can be an absolute dominant receiver. Yeah. Um. And and hit because I just watch him and his hands are so good. Like the catch that he made that was still out of bounds, uh, that wasn't a touchdown was freaking phenomenal. I mean the yeah. guy. Had, I mean his hands. He's so good. So I kind of want to see. He needs another two. Like last year we had three good ones with VJ, 
Javante Payton and Cedric. And then Cedric kind of kind of took away at the end of the season, like, okay, he's probably our best, but also kind of like, well, he's coming back. So we knew we weren't going to lose him type deal. And so it's like, mm-hmm. you know, so we kind of put more eggs in his basket. But, like, I need to – I mean, it was great to see Jalen catch that and get in the end zone. Like, I, I still want to see more, like – Yeah, I mean, he more. had one other catch. That was it. So it's like, yeah, you want to see more. And, like, Brew had a couple catches. And, like, he made a move on the sideline that I thought was pretty good. But – I those guys I'm not seeing as like game changers and everyone else talks about them as game changers. I'm like, well, I mean, they're good, but like I would, I would pick Valus over both of them any day of the week. Like, well, yeah. well v- Valus just went third round in the NFL. So obviously but I know, but that's what people are expecting out of them. And it's like pump your brakes. But I mean, even some of the other guys that aren't like technically as big as them, like Rumel Keaton, Play great. First off, let me finish. I didn't get to shout out Ramel. <laughs> All right. So, so, anyways, uh, offensively overall, before, like I said, before we get into that, um, they look very similar. I at times I thought I I wanted to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, I thought the running backs ran really hard. I thought they gave some really really good effort. Um, I thought so. AKA the individual effort from Jabari or Jalen was great. I, yeah. you know, I love seeing. And Jabari can still, I mean, his cuts are nasty, nasty. I mean, he he makes people look so dumb. Yeah, no, fantastic. You know, so awesome to see his effort. Same thing with Jalen Wright. Um, It was good to see Dylan Sampson in there doing kind of what what I thought he could do. I still think when we get that dynamic dog running back, it's going to be pretty cool to see, you know, uh, when we get a guy that's, you know, 6'1", 205, and can just just fly and, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like one of those big-time running backs that you see at, you know, some of these other schools. So that'll be neat. But, yeah, so offensively I want to see kind of who are going to be the, the, the guys at receiver. You know, yeah. is he going to really solidify himself as making plays? Can he go out and have a game where he's, he's – eight for one, one ten and, and two touchdowns. And like a couple of the runs were, Hey, we, we, we got the ball, but you, you made it, you know, you, you, you're the one that did something with it. You know, like yeah. you know, we, we, we throw you a, a screen and you can break two or three tackles and house call it or whatever, because they, they threw the ball around a lot. I mean, Walker had a touchdown. My man, Jimmy Holiday had a touchdown. Romel Keaton had an absolute great catch across the middle. On that I mean, fantastic catch. And, and, that one in the end zone was also a fantastic catch. Incredible. The only reason is because that guy was underneath him. That's the only reason he couldn't get his foot down. I mean, that was an incredible catch, too. I was like, I had to rewind multiple times. I'm like, golly, he caught that? Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and, and that was kind of that exact catch that we saw at practice is what he did in the end zone. Yeah. Day that I was like, okay, I see you. Like, that's that's impressive. And then – um, you know, Squirrel was in there a little bit, uh, so it was good to see see him get some run. I mean, it was great to see a lot of guys. We saw we saw a yeah. lot of guys. That's what I was about to say. Like it it was it was nice to see that it we had, I mean, ten receivers like catch have a catch. Like it was just everyone got a chance, and you know, even Jack Jansen got a catch, baby, <laughs> Mister Dependable, Mister Dependable, love it. Um. 
Yeah, so it's going to be and, – and that's how it was last year, kind of to start the season. And then it's kind of, like I said, who's going to solidify themselves? Who's going to be the Javante Payton that takes – you know, that takes the top off off the defense at Alabama uh, or Florida or yeah. the house call against Kentucky. Who's going to be, you know, kind of like Cedric Tillman going up and just mossing folks. You know, who's going to be the next VJ that gets a, a quick slant and house calls it. That's what we're going to find out in these next probably three to four weeks. I think Pitt will tell us a lot. Then everybody else will kind of probably get some play against Akron. And then it's okay. It's 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 kind of go time, kind of start exactly. SEC play with Florida. Um you know, offensive line I thought was fine. I'm more interested to see what you have to say. Yeah. Uh, but offensively, you know, uh, there, there's not much I can really, you know, overall it was it was good. I, I will say this. The last thing I'll say on on offense is overview. And it's it feels like I, I sh- am going to be attacked or, like, feels like I should be attacked for saying this. Hendon still misses some throws that I feel like he should make. I mean, it's, the same thing that, it's the same thing that he did last year. Yeah. And I don't want to talk about Hendon for Heisman. All this I could not ask for a better human type person, a better leader, kind of how he goes about his business, how hard he plays. But it's just so wild to me that, like, I still feel like if we have a dynamic guy at quarterback who is by himself really good, not just good because of Coach Heupel in this offense. So, like, for example, if Nico can come in, and it's like Nico's going to be a dog no matter who he's with, and you put him with Heupel, that's when things could get really scary. Now, am I saying it's going to be him? I don't know. I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. Because, because people have to forget, like, Hendon Hooker came here, and if it wasn't for Heupel, you know, I don't see – I don't know if Hendon's our starting quarterback. And that's not yeah. to knock him, but you still have to hit some of these throws that are kind of like, dang, man, like you just airmailed a dig or you just – airmail Princeton fan on an out route or you overthrew a guy who was absolutely beat the coverage. Those are, those are plays that you have to have. Yeah. Um, you know, so anyways, and, but. I, and at the end of the game, Hyperly like mentioned it, his like closing little thing with Cole Kubelik. He was like, we can't miss that throw over the middle that Hendon missed. And so he, like, he's obviously seeing that and like, Hey, Hendon, like we can't miss those easy completions. And then like his, First, his first throw, like or Brew's first catch. Yeah, I yeah. mean, if that's versus any SCC team, that's a pick six. Yeah, it's like, bro, you can't like. I understand that the play is set up to for him to get the ball, but it's like, don't risk it for that interception. So there are some things right on Hendon's side where it's like we can be better. Doesn't mean he's bad. It just means we can be better. Um. I think on the offensive line, so they did exactly what I called. They went series by series, Mincy and Jeremiah Crawford back and forth. They played most of the game. Like, they were still with the twos when Joe was out there. They were still rotating. And I, in my opinion, watching it, think Mincy outperformed Jeremiah. But you thought Jeremiah was going to start, though. And I did think Jeremiah was going to start because of what I saw in spring and a little bit in fall camp, and I didn't get to see Mincy in spring. But Mincy's overall athleticism, and there was a times where I felt Jeremiah was very head-heavy and leaning and not really, like, controlling his guy just leaning on his guy and that's you just can't do that as an offensive lineman like 
He's going to push pull. He's going to get rid of you. It's easy, easy money pickings for him. So I think Mincy outperformed Jeremiah. Now, does that mean Mincy starts and plays the entire game versus Pitt? I don't know. That is up to the coaches. But if I am a coach and I went into it saying, this game will tell me who's going to start, and I told both of them that, Mincy would be my starter next week. So we will see what happens. Um, But I loved how he played. I think uh, my favorite drive was it was like six minutes left in the second quarter, and it was six plays, 53 yards in a minute and 50 seconds. And it was just like each play was a – it was different than the play before, and it was productive, every single one. And then the last one, Spragans literally carried Jabari into the end zone. I was like, God dang, that was an awesome – like that was – exactly what I wanted and it made it to where the game felt out of reach that drive and that touchdown I think it put us 24 nothing and that's where it kind of felt like oh, okay now you can't really catch up um so that was my favorite drive they were never they were never catching up anyway well I know but that that was like the solidifier I felt in my head um I love the fact that they changed up their run game. They started the game running inside zone a lot. Then they realized what Ball State was doing with their three down linemen in front. And it's not going to – like your double teams just don't work in inside zone. So what they do? Power and counter. They just started running counter every time, bring that tight end across, and it was just gashing them. So I love that it was an adjustment. Now, versus Pitt, we're going to be running inside zone, but we'll get into that later. Um, And then – I mean, I think I feel like I kind of called it with uh, Justin Williams Thomas. It's like, like I don't see him playing really at all this season. And you were like, at all? I was like, maybe blowouts. I mean, guy got four snaps, and one of them was a fumble. And I, it's not all Justin's fault, and it's not all Taven's fault. It's both of their faults. So you know, but that happens when you have a freshman center, freshman quarterback, freshman running back, and at the same time, stuff like that happens. So, Right, right. Um, but, I, I mean, everything else I, I just absolutely love. I'm, like, trying to look through my notes. Um, I love what Joe did once he got in there. I, I You know, I thought he was calm in the pocket. He still, dude, it, I mean, it is an absolute missile coming out of his hand. And, I, like, that worries me sometimes because, like, if he even added a little bit of touch to that tight end dump pass, it's completed. I mean, the guy should have caught it, hit him in the hands, but he rocketed that thing in there. You know, you know, I love that 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 play, and I thought yeah. it was, we ran it with Joe, and when the game was kind of out of hand, uh, yeah, man, as many reps as Joe can get, it, it's it's good. I thought he had a really good play when he dropped back. He looks to the right. The Ball State had a great defensive play to say can't throw it over here. I'm picking it. So he said, all right, deuces. And he ran out the other way and got the first down. Um, to, to talk about the offensive line, though, real quick, I thought Mincy – dude, I'm telling you, when we first saw Mincy in spring, I was like, big, big man. Yeah, so, like, he just wasn't he, practicing when we went. No, right. And then we went in fall, and he's big man, moves well. So I was like, I wasn't surprised that, that he – Yeah. I wasn't surprised by how he played. I, I do think that he'll be our starter moving forward. 
Um, based on what I saw, like I said, I didn't in-depthly watch the, the offensive line as much as you did. I watched Cooper because I said I was going to watch. Matter of fact, I thought Cooper had some pretty good plays. I thought he had some couple good pulls. I thought – Yeah, uh, I liked those plays. Yeah, I did too. I, had, I thought Mincy had a couple good pulls. I loved Javante. Absolutely cleaning dude out uh, when he came over to help, when he carried – Jabari and I love our man Jerome. I know he got a penalty on it, but he finished the play and he put that guy's dick in the dirt. I like that. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, I, I'm not upset by it. I mean, I literally just saw Jerome with that big ass smile through his face mask. I was yeah. like, hell yeah, bud. Like, yeah, exactly. yeah, you you know, you know, buddy was saying bullshit before that. You right. know, he's like talking yeah. shit to him and all that kind of stuff. So he was just like, hey, I gotta, I gotta get him back for some of this. And I mean, Darnell's uh, Darnell's little Oscar award, like <laughs> like his acting job was incredible. I loved that also. What funny. Um, it was funny. And he said on Twitter the guy like a couple plays before like tried to literally just rip his ankle and like try and roll his ankle and leg over. And he put a video out like from film. I'm like, yeah, he did. So yeah, get him get. Him. Get him a personal foul. Get him taken off the field. Like I would do the same petty stuff if he's going to try bull crap like that. Hey, well, you know what? It's smart. Get him. Get him in a penalty in that way compared to trying to turn his ankle or whatever. You know what I mean? So that that was that was smart. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I'm. Oh man, I'm just so fired up to see how the offensive line plays against Pitt, and really excited to see how they do against Florida. I think they we should be able to run the ball against Florida based on what I thought that uh, Utah was able to do. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and let me say this, I I thought Princeton Fant, and, and I thought Jacob had some good ones too, but I thought Princeton Fant had some fantastic blocks. Um, they used him a lot, whether it was on, they had him a lead read option. They had him coming up and like, I think the A or B gap, and he blasted a tight end, I mean, a linebacker. So, I mean, Jacob and, and him both, man, are doing a lot of that dirty work as lead blocking, H-backs type stuff. So I thought they both played well on, on those yeah. things. Yeah, so offensively, I pulled the stats up. I, I thought we played a clean game, too. Uh, I don't remember. It's not showing me how many penalties we had on here. we but- had, like, six total when I looked at it last. And, I mean, like, some of them, it's like, you know, Jerome was a penalty. They The refs – pretty much gave us a delay a game before the half, which is just like, what, what are we, what are we doing here? Um, and then I think there was just like some random ones that like, it, it was not pre-snap. It was not like, you know, the uh, duck in your head. It wasn't like a face mask. It wasn't like dumb stuff in a sense. So it, it made me feel a lot better. Well, I remember, I remember when we stopped to eat right before we got to Lake House, and so, and my Wi-Fi was, I mean, the Wi-Fi and watching it on my phone was still kind of going in and out. But I do remember, I think it was second quarter, and we they had four penalties, we had zero at the time. So I was like, okay, you know, pretty clean game at that time. No, no penalties. We, you know, no turnovers. We had gotten a turnover. You know, only maybe missed a couple shots here and there from Hendon, but still an overall clean game. So, I mean, uh, first downs, we got 32 first downs. Uh, I love the balance, 13 rushing, 15 passing. You know, we had uh, 218 rushing yards um, on 51 attempts. You know, probably would have maybe seen, like, seen a little bit more on there, but that's okay. Um, 
five rushing TDs and then uh, passing. We had 351, you know, uh, 27 to 35 for the for the QBs, three touchdowns. Then we put up 569 yards total offense. So that that that's good, you know. So very very balanced. Um, oh yeah, I'm sorry, it does have penalties on here. So six for 48. I, I'm I'm fine with that, you know. And compared to Ball State, 12 for 83. I mean, I mm-hmm. you know. Six of 48 is not bad for a first game of the year. No, uh, definitely not. Not for a first yeah, game. I mean, everybody's yeah, so, out of sync in the first game. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with these stats. Like I said, maybe I would have liked to seen 250 on the ground or whatever, but but it's, it's okay. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so I'm ready to kind of dive in and start talking some specific plays offensively if you want, if you want to go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought – I said earlier, like the RPOs, I, I like really enjoyed the fact that I saw like offensive linemen literally blocking inside zone and Hinden throwing it out, you know, to the side, just like we have numbers. Um, I think that will be an intricate part of us next week playing pit. So I love to see all of those. That pop pass to the tight end, we absolutely love that Joe got to do. Hinden did not. Um, and you know, there is this like get under center when you're on the goal line, that kind of thing. But I do love that Hendon has an option to pull the ball and run it himself. Like it just adds a wrinkle to it that you just don't get when you're under center. Um, so I do enjoy those plays. I like some of the plays where they pull the tackles that you don't usually see that on counter. And I think they did that because usually on counter, you pull the backside guard and, and he leads up to the front side in the gap. When you're playing a team that had three down linemen, it literally makes more sense to pull the tackle because there's nobody over top of him. That guy is pretty much over top of the guard. So it just made sense to pull the tackle, which I love that they have that wrinkle and they can use it versus that kind of front. Um, so that's one of my favorite parts about high plus offense. I mean, it's literally doesn't matter what defense you're in. We have certain plays that work against it. And I thought I thought Mincy looked really good when he pulled. Yeah, I so. did too. And like you said about Cooper, like there were some outside zone plays that – Cooper was pulling all the way outside of the tackle that I love because Cooper is athletic. Yeah. That, like that's his thing is that he's a little bit smaller, but he's athletic and can move. And it's like, all right, get him in space. Let him go. Let him go hit somebody out in space, which I love too. Um, I think like, because we we're playing ball state, we didn't really get to like run any screens, which I love screens. I love getting <laughs> the big uglies in front of the running backs or in front of a wide receiver if it's a tunnel. But, you know, you, you don't always get the looks to run screens. So I, I'm not, like, upset by it. And, you know, I, I it's hard to tear out combinations when you're watching, like, the TV copy because you can't really see them past there. Right. Um, but, I mean, I thought it was great. I, like, there was guys open every play. So I'm not – I'm like, all right, good job. And it's like impressive that there's guys open while they have eight guys in coverage. Like that's, you know, that's finding the zones. That's finding that little area, that spot and take advantage of whatever they show you. 
Yeah. Yeah. I no, I agree. Um, I, I love some of the route combinations. I thought a lot of them were, were just the same thing, you know, kind of over and over. Uh, and if they work, it works. So, um, did you go, are you going to go into any, do you have any specific plays like, like you said, offensively that you were going to talk about or. I wouldn't say specifically. No, I, I okay. just. Don't yeah. worry. I got it covered. Okay. Yeah. Let me hear it. Okay. So first off, I'm just going to kind of go through, go through these notes. First off, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. First play of the game kickoff. The guy catches it, returns it literally like to the 20 yard line. So it was nothing special. He gets tackled on our sideline and immediately like jumps up. He's like, like doing this and like John, like saying stuff like literally like for from the middle of our sideline to probably out 15 yards. And I'm like, God, you didn't just even break it like 30 or you're, you're not even at the 30 or five or 40 yard line. Like, what are you doing? So then it was so funny that the first play of the game defensively is what happens. Then we score. So anyways, now, offensively is what we're talking. So let's talk about the first play of the game. They run a, you know, and they did it a lot. So I'm not going to say that this is like the new thing this year where last year was the slot shot where we just ran the go route from the slot and absolutely torched people. But we did the outside guy, if you're watching on YouTube, outside guy kind of comes in and it's almost like a – it's a very weird – it's almost like a snake route. They kind of like – or getting off the line of scrimmage and kind of coming in and it's, it could be a deep dig if they cut it off and, and, and uh, kind of hit on that straight line it could be a dig or they could kind of even take it to a post, but it's kind of just basically clearing out. And then the inside guy runs what looks like it's going to be kind of a wheel route. And then they just turn around and hook it. And yeah. so that happens. You hit Jalen, he catches it. They don't, you know, don't have a chance of tackling him. So it was a great play. Well, I watched that play. Cedric was open. So they could have hit Cedric. Now, I don't know if Ball State did this on purpose, but it was kind of unique where they had their corners playing way back. Mm -hmm. So, like, inside corner almost looked like he was a safety kind of trying to play man coverage, but then their safeties kind of right at the, at the, at the snap, like, kind of ran up to, like, 10 yards. And I'm like, I, I kind of like that because it worked out. Take away our kind of those deep digs. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if we just run a post, then it's – they're screwed basically yeah, because, yeah. because there, it's Cedric or whoever the outside guy is going to get that corner on his hip and then there's no safety on. But it was just kind of neat kind of how it looked because at that time we did run a dig and it was kind of like, oh, well, he can't throw that. Anyways, they complete it. Well, they keep going back to that. So I thought it was kind of funny because in like second, I think it was the second uh, possession, we do the exact same thing. And this time they go to Cedric on the, on the slant, I mean on the dig. Then later in the game, they do the exact same route combination again, and they throw it to Jalen, and it did hit his hands, and it looked like he could have caught it, but it was good coverage, and he dropped it. But I was thinking, I was like, and they, they probably do do this, but I, I kind of wish they would do kind of like the read option for receivers. And if people don't know what that is, is as a receiver, when I played receiver, there was times where it's like, okay, Reed, if you take off, you got a guy in front of you, you're in the slot, you take off, and he looks like he's head up over you. But then as you start running a drag route or whatever, you realize he's not a man. He's not following you. Then you can sit it down because you realize it's zone. So you kind of are reading the defense while you're yeah. running. Around. And if he is following you and it is man, then obviously you keep running to try to create separation. So I was like, well, if we do that will route, if he sees that that guy is, I guess, kind of if he can tell if that guy's in man, 
then he can just continue it on. But if he sees it's in zone, then that's when he curls up and does it. And maybe that's what they do, um, you know, whatever. But um, so anyways, I, th- I thought those are some pretty good route combinations. Yeah. Um, let's see. I have on here said could have scored, so I just said that. Um, I said, hey, nice way for Jalen to get it started, you know, for himself and build the confidence. And Yeah, honestly. Yeah, and of course gets all the fans fired up and excited and stuff. I'll be like I said, I'll be excited when I see him kind of quote unquote take over a game if he has the opportunity. Yeah. Um, let's see, a lot of these are some defensive stuff. So oh, and uh you keep looking, but Jalen, celebrate with your teammates. As an offensive lineman, it was the worst thing in the world to be like, Yay, we scored. Let me go down there and celebrate. And I'd run to this side and he's running across the end zone. I'm just following him like a lost puppy then he runs onto the sideline i'm like sweet bud i just blocked for your ass you're not gonna come celebrate with me i didn't what did he do did he just keep running away yeah well he like caught it ran into the end zone on the uh, right side I, I, don't, I don't know if it's and then just ran all the way across the end zone like yeah and then just ran to the sideline and you could literally like if you watched it and you're paying attention you could see like Mincy and the offensive lineman like running after him, and then all of a sudden they just okay and run back to field goal. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like you're just leaving your dudes yeah. out to dry, bro. Like go celebrate with them. Yeah. Um, so I actually have on here second play on O is the exact same round combination. This time as I did hit Cedric, so I said that. Um uh let's see, I loved the um so on one of the fourth and one which was a big topic last year was not just fourth and one, but fourth and short or third and short. They ran right behind our man, Jerome. He cleared the way they got the first down. So I was happy to see that. Obviously I want to see how we continue to progress on our short yardage. I mean, there was another short yardage where the safety for ball state timed it perfectly. And he actually got a a good shot. He didn't wrap up and he didn't have his head in front. I think if he'd gotten his head in front, made the tackle, but he had his head right on the thigh of Jalen. Mm-hmm. So it kind of tackled Jalen, but he had enough to kind of like kind of reach it out. But like so, that was close. I don't even know if it was a first down. It was very close. It was very close. And it was very great. It was a great play, you know, for me and seeing that safety do that. I was like almost in a way, I was like, damn, bro, like that would have been a sick play if he if he could have wrapped him up or got the head in front of the in front of the knees uh, as they teach you to tackle to kind of trip it up. Yeah, exactly. Um, but happy to see that they ran behind Jerome. Um so I have it here. Would like to see the whole wheel route combo as like a read, like I've already talked about. Um, oh, okay. So this was a neat play. I did not see this last year. Neat, neat play that I didn't see last year. So they have the two receivers stacked. So if you're watching on YouTube, they have the two receivers stacked, squirrels behind whoever it was. And they both take off like it's going to be a, a route combination, but then the first guy blocks and Squirrel just runs a five-yard hitch. So it's like it's like a quick screen, but not behind the line of scrimmage, which you see a lot. This is almost like a screen slash pick play because the front receiver was never going out for a route. He comes off firing like he's running around, but then he stock blocks. So yeah. it's kind of it, – I mean, it's just so the, – the ways that they try to get the guy's balls in space is, is, is neat. You know yeah, what I mean? exactly. So, so it was cool. Obviously, they want to get Squirrel the ball and stuff. Um Let's see. It's so funny. I have so many more uh, <laughs> defensive stat or defensive notes. 
No, uh, no, we, we've got a ton of defensive stuff to to talk about for sure. To finish up on offense, um, like I said, I felt like Princeton fan had some really great effort and some really great blocks. Yeah. Uh, my favorite drive, my favorite drive was right out of halftime because we just pounded it right right down the throats like we needed to do. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much all I had from from the offensive side of the ball and based on some of those specific plays and yeah. then kind of our overview. So I'm I would, good. I, I would, and I very much enjoy Princeton fan. I think he's awesome. I think he's a good route runner. But I would enjoy, and it might be biased, but Jacob getting out there on the edge and running some routes and also being a blocker for some of the wide receivers. I think his big frame on a corner is just like absolutely unfair. So. I mean, I would like to see that more. I agree. I, I, I want to see us attack the middle of the field more with, with Jacob. Sometimes I get a little frustrated when we put Princeton in the slot. And I I get yeah. I, why they do it because he's a bigger body. He kind of has like a miniature version of that Delaney Walker. Yeah. So I think they think if he runs a slant, it's really hard for a defensive back to get through his body. And they did run like a slant to him on the goal line, which the PI got called. I just – I don't trust him enough when we have all these other really good receivers that are we really going to take a third and two or third and goal or second and goal shot to Prince of Fan. And no, no disrespect to him. I'm just talking about hands-wise and athletic ability-wise. If the ball's not right on point for someone else to make the catch. Yeah. So, anyways. Um, yeah. Okay, so you want to talk defense now? Yes, let's go into defense. Tell me what you got. Um, Okay, so, I mean, let's talk about the first play to just start. Uh, I I mean, absolutely love it. Who's who's my guy to watch? Danico Slaughter slash star position, and it's a pick on the very first play with Samari McDonald. And, you know, you mentioned him whenever I said Danico, and – I, I mean, I just absolutely love it. I, I love the play by him. We saw so many replays. It was like his eyes and his shift from like, okay, I'm in the fly. I'm covering this guy. Okay, he's gone. I got to look inside. I got to watch what the quarterback's doing. And he looks inside, watches the quarterback, sees that there's another guy coming out to the flight. He's like, oh, I got to pick up this running back coming later and bumps back over. Like his eyes were so good on that play and his transition between his assignments to where it was like, that was awesome. And pressure on the quarterback made a bad throw and Tamarian's got it. What do you, what do you got? I have to jump in here. I don't, I don't think first off his eyes were great and it was a great job to jump. But when I watched this, I watched it probably eight or nine times and it's weird why this happened. But if you're watching on, on YouTube, we had our outside guy, uh, which was Christian Charles. Then you had Tamarian McDonald on the inside. But if you watch it, Kyler, it looks like when number two, which is who Tamarian's over, it looks like you see Tate McCullough come flying in as if – and I don't know why they would do this defensively because it's kind of really hard for the safety. But when number two kind of does his thing, if you go back and watch it, Tank is flying through to get to cover him. And then Mm. Tamarian at number three, which would be the inside guy, which is who they try to throw it to. So I don't think it was an actual pass off reading different assignments. I think Tamarian really did have – Number and three. kind of and, faked and, like he had the two. Right, right. And I think – so I think it, it looks – like it sounds cool. Like, hey, we're going to fake that you have number two. You'll pass off. Tank will get him behind. 
but that's a lot of traffic for Tank to kind of fight through. But it ended up working out great because Tamarian at least kept his eyes on his assignment. He did not get distracted. If you have number three on the inside, mm-hmm. you got to remember that you have number three on the inside. So if he blocks, then the rule might be if he blocks, you can come blitz. If he stays in the blocks and find a zone and try to help out, like kind of like a robber. But it ended up working out great. So I just wanted to correct you on that. I don't know if that's right or not. You might be right. I'm just saying the way it looked like to me, it looked like Tank had number two and yeah. Tamarian had the number three, which was the tight hey, end. If, if Tamarian can confuse John Paddock, he can confuse me. <laughs> so, I but that was just awesome to see from him. Um, and I, I do want to talk about the zero sacks thing uh, and everything that went into that. I don't know if we like – need to just talk about some other stuff first and then maybe dive into it. But I definitely have a reason for why we had zero sacks. So everyone can go ahead, dive into it. Let's go. Let's so go into everyone it. can calm, be calm. It is no issue that we had zero sacks. The reason we had zero sacks and I will put up screenshots uh, from the video is ball state did every possible thing they could do to prevent sacks they did everything i i I mean they had cuts on all of their quick uh passing plays they would not let their offensive linemen just block our guys whenever they did have five blockers in no running back help no tight end help they were cutting they had bunch formations constantly they brought the wide receivers in close they brought tight ends they brought running backs up on the edge to add a buffer for those tackles versus our elite defensive ends. They had multiple plays where six or seven guys were blocking, and it wasn't just five versus four on the defensive line. They had so much quick release. I mean, John Paddock was getting rid of that ball as fast as he possibly could on almost every play. Even his downfield throws, he was off his back foot. He was floating them to his wide receivers. It wasn't darts. It wasn't direct. He was making sure he got enough air on it for his receivers to get under it because they were only 10 yards into their route when he would throw it. This guy averaged 6.3 yards per completion. There's a reason for that. It was all low. It was all five yards or less. Like he had a couple throws that were deep, but that was it. And the last thing is screens. They ran screens constantly throughout the game. It was one of their best plays. They almost scored a touchdown on. And all screens do is slow down a rush. That is what they're for is to make those defensive linemen think, oh, wait, is this a screen and slow down their rush? So Ball State did absolutely everything that they could to prevent our defensive line from eating and what happened because they did that is they scored 10 total points. That that that's that's the effect. That is the cause and effect. If you diminish your offense to really paying attention to that specific group on the field, you aren't going to get anywhere. So we had zero sacks, but they couldn't score to save the lives. And I'm okay with that. I, I thought I actually thought their screen games were pretty good, but uh, when I kind of dive into this as defensively, it cracks me up because we brought 
the house all night. I mean, they were absolutely, I guess we didn't pay attention to hype enough when he said not, not only are we going to be one of the most aggressive offenses, we're going to be one of the most aggressive defenses. And he means it. And, and, and for me, I've never been a huge blitz guy. I've always it kind of makes me nervous sometimes. It's very feast or famine. I'm more of a conservative. I'm, you know, I'm not as yeah. feast or famine. You know, if your team scores, I don't and there's a chance to go for two and win it. Sometimes that makes me nervous. You know, Vrabel loves doing that. And I, <laughs> I I'm kind of like, hey, let's kick the field goal. Let's see if we can, you know, bend but don't break, let them make a mistake. But in a way, I I kind of love it. And and I get why. I get why Tim Banks and why the team does it. I really do. I, I, in a way, like I said early to start this podcast, I mean, we are a lot of the same team as last year. And I think we have good talent. I don't think it's great, you know. And so it's not like we have the people to make, get a rush with four, like you said, you wanted to see. Hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I, you know, I'm not necessarily concerned about the no sacks because we still had good pressure. Um, I mean, he was thrown off his back foot quite a few times and he got hit as he threw quite a few times too. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. Um, is there anything else overall defense that you kind of want to touch on or anything? Um, I did think there were times and, and I don't want to like turn this into an issue I'm not saying that it is an issue, but I did think there were times I saw tank. I saw Haddon. I saw Burrell just legit diving just duck their head, not even look where they're going, and dive. And I'm like, okay, you made that tackle there, but you hit Anthony Richardson's legs like that. He's he's going to keep going. like, And you're going to want to tackle him like that because he's 50 pounds heavier than you. But it's like you can't – I mean, at least if you want to go for his legs, go for his legs, but keep your head up and throw your arms too. Because if you just throw your shoulder, you're literally just diminishing your surface area of tackling. So that, and I don't want to like, you know, make it an issue. Um, I, I thought Haddon's interception was awesome. I, I, I thought his, uh, his ability to follow his guy, then he literally had to spin all the way back around to find the ball. I thought that was great play by him um, and almost like a – like sneaking up on that coverage, which I love. Um, I think we got lucky on that screen that I, I think they should have actually scored. I mean, it was wide open. Their, their screen game was actually really good. Um, so that I, I think that's good, though. It's like, you know what? It didn't actually hurt us in the game, but guys are going to be a good teaching point when they get into film. And they're like, you think Pitt's going to watch this and not try and take advantage of screen games? Look how many screens they ran, Austin, how much success they had. Uh, and, dude, that number 33, I like that I like that running back. <laughs> He's a beast now. He's a big old boy. He'll run through people, jumped over Burrell. Like, I was very much impressed by him, uh, you know, just for a Ball State kid. But they showed – they showed like an old picture of him on the broadcast yeah. uh, when he was growing up. The kid was like nine and jacked. Yeah. Like he had he had traps and shoulders and like holding the alligator. I'm like, who is this kid? 
But, it, yeah, you can't say he was jacked, but it's funny. I noticed that, too, at that age. I was like, he's already got the round in his shoulder. Yeah. It goes into the definition of the tricep with the traps. And so, yeah, a guy like that who is six foot, 225 with 7% body fat, like, that's really hard work, but that's also great genetics, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, by yeah. the way, if I wanted to pass those genetics on over my way, I would have very much appreciated it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very much appreciate that. But, yeah, he uh, ran and uh, he ran hard and – Kyler, I couldn't agree with you more about our, our, the DBs and the tackling. Okay, I'm good. I, I didn't want to like act. I didn't want it to be like me overreacting because I always get upset at DBs like in their tackling because I feel like it's like they're not concerned about the tackle. They're concerned about making a hit, and it's like that's not the point of it. Um, so I just didn't want to like you know be down in the dumps Kyler over here, but I'm glad you agree with me on that. Yeah, I'll, and I'm, I'm getting into that when I go over my defensive stuff. Um, do you have anything else on? Um, I would say the touchdown they actually scored, their offensive lineman was offsides, which was funny. Uh, <laughs> I I don't think we've heard anything about Jawan Mitchell yet and what's going on. I mean, you can look it up on your computer right now, but we didn't see him, which – I don't know if it's discipline. I don't know if it's injury and it's just like don't play versus ball state. So you're ready for pit, but it's not like Aaron Beasley did horrible. I, I mean, I, I tweeted when the game first started, I was like, this guy might have 20 tackles today. Cause like he, he was everywhere. Um, and I thought at the end of the game, rotating in some of our defensive guys, like Elijah, I actually got to see him like once we started, you know, Joe and we started rotating in twos, Elijah was like the main defensive tackle. He had one drive where he's in the whole drive. And I was like, Oh, what's, what's happening? What's happening? I guarantee he went over to the sideline. Rodney Garner was like, Hey, do you ever want to freaking play? Cause I'm going to need to see more out of you. Cause the next drive, he started throwing dudes around and he woke up and like making tackles in the backfield chasing after the ball making tackles downfield i was like okay elijah like that is it man that's what this that's what all tennessee has been waiting for ever since you got recruited here ever since that video of you dunking went out this is what we've been waiting for is for you to show up and there was that glimpse so it like gives me a little bit of hope going forward I'm not going to say like hey he's going to be you know the next matthew butler but it gives me a little bit um, just since you've talked about it or since you're just now talking about it and before I dive into everything, I mean, it was kind of disappointing for me that, that we didn't see Elijah, um, until yeah. that, that late in the game. Like he's a junior, like he's been in the program three. I don't know if he's a junior, red shirt, sophomore, whatever. Um, he's been in the program for three years, but like, I, I thought we would see more. So I'm just kind of put him to that point now where like, I'm not expecting anything from him. Like I'm not yeah. going to be oh, maybe they were saving him or maybe this, that, and it. Like, no, like, they're going to play the best players. And, like, I, I don't expect anything from him this season now that if he wasn't, you know, he, he's going to have to do something that changes my mind to be like, okay, he can really, really help us defensively. Um, so, that's just me. Because this is, this is Ball State, so. <laughs> right. And, and I even thought that he would be, like, a number two rotation. But it was like, you had Dominic, you had Garland, you had Bailey that were really in there playing a good amount. Hell, guy I mentioned to John Terry who actually had two pretty good plays 
I didn't see him until kind of later, you know, into the first, maybe second. Like, I thought it took a little while for him to get rotated in. So, you know, like I said, Bailey and, and Garland must have just had better camps and the, and the, and the coaches feel better about them, um, yeah. you know, and to be a, alongside Big Amari. And a couple of those, uh, you know, they had Amari, Garland, and Tyler Barron. And then they were bringing Byron Young and Aaron Beasley off off the edge, and so, you know, I'll I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think we're going to see a, a ton of, I think we're going to see a ton of screens from Pitt, and I think we're going to see a ton of screens from Florida. Yeah. And that's kind of what you have to live with. Is that like I said, that feast or famine on being being that aggressive? Um, I'm gonna be honest. I thought Aaron Beasley played a hell of a game. I did too. Uh, I thought he was coming off the edge well. He is fast when he shoots his gun. He had a play, Kyler, that's on my notes as one of the plays, where he's the backside linebacker. So he's on the – you know, he's middle, but he's still the left side middle. They run an opposite side to him. Now, don't – don't. this isn't anything knocking at Jeremy Banks because Jeremy Banks came up and shot his gun and, and took on two blocks, which is what he was supposed to do. And But, but the fact that Aaron Beasley – they tried to reach him with the go with the, the center. I think he gets over top of the center and still makes the tackle 10 yards, 15 yards down the line, of, you know, on the line of scrimmage as the backside linebacker and find over block was super impressive, super impressive. And so like, then he had a couple good pops where he's just not there just making a tackle, like where he's bringing it and it's a good tackle and a, and a good hit. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought he I thought he played a well of a game. I thought Jeremy Banks did have a bunch of production, but he was still flying around throwing his nose in there. Um, you know, I I think that if they continue some of this blitzing, I thought it was kind of cool how they kind of had you almost had like a you know your three down lineman plus Byron Young on one side, and then you had your two middle linebacker looking you know, but then they just basically would walk down the other backer and let them blitz. And so it was almost like a, like a five man front with one linebacker. And it was yeah. like, you know, kind of let Jeremy roam. And then obviously it doesn't look as drastic as that because you have Tamarian or Wesley who are the star. So they're kind of closer to the line of scrimmage, maybe even a safety's up a little bit. So it doesn't look like, Oh my gosh, we only have one guy in the middle of the field, but yeah, I thought Aaron Beasley played, played really well. Um, defensive backs. I thought the defensive backs were flying around. Great. Mm -hmm. but you're not air like there's like a there's like a rule like if you're going to tackle that way you better make the tackle so like if you're eric berry like okay eric berry can get away with coming in and just throwing a shoulder and a head in somebody and trying to decapitate them or also coming in like that low and chopping someone's legs out but that's because he earned that he's good at that like yeah i, I he also love he also measures it to where like he understands, hey, I have the sideline to help me. No, Sean Marino can't cut anywhere. He's got to run right into me. He's actually paying attention to someone else so I can throw my shoulder into him. It's like when he tackled Tim Tebow and, like, everybody slowed it down like his last year, Tim Tebow was 50 pounds heavier than him, and he went shoulder and wrapped. Like, it's like Eric chose his moments to really, like, lay the wood and lay his shoulder into people where it was the appropriate time. When he knew that he needed to wrap up, he wrapped up. He was a smart defensive back, too. It's not just, you know, skills. Well, and, and, and what I'm trying to say is it's not necessarily a kill shot. I'm not talking about when you get – when he when, – which is so fucking impressive that he had a kill shot on a guy running 
towards him with the ball already in hand. This isn't one of those where a receiver's coming, not looking at you, and right when he catches it, you blast him. I mean, that's an easy kill shot. So Eric Berry's a special – he's a special, special. You know, he's – he you know, he's – He's awesome, as we all know. But I'm talking about even the tackles where you get like a – here's a perfect example. They run a little play action, and, they, and then the quarterback kind of starts rolling right, and they, they get the tight end to do a little stock block, and then he releases, and it's a little it's a little out route, and they kind of throw the little dump. You see it all the time, and the tight end catches it and has a chance to turn up field at like, you know, after catching it on five yards. And you see safeties and corners come in all the time and slide in chop them out right around the thigh or the knee, and they go tumbling down. Great tackle. I love that shit as a defensive back. But it's like I'm talking about stuff like that. Like Eric Berry got away with coming up and flying and just maybe not even bringing hands because he got him to the ground. If you're a guy that does that, you better make damn be- damn well better make sure you get him to the ground if you don't bring arms and hands. If you just run in there and throw that, throw that you know, shoulder and head in there, well, if, if it's a good tight end or a good H-back or whatever, and they break that tackle and go for another 10 yards, like, that's it. You had your one shot. Like, bring arms next time. And so it's really funny. I always said this. So when I started at Catholic, I I I wanted to, you know, kill shot and, and, and try to take people's heads off. I was so nervous of missing a tackle that I completely focused more on good breakdown and wrapping up. That, so it was like, you know, we had we had Tyler Williamson on our team who was basically the second coming of Sean Taylor in high school where, like, you could go watch his highlight tape and he just hit after hit after hit. I mean, yeah. with all carriers or receivers, he absolutely was taking kids' heads off. I didn't have the balls to do that because I was like, I'm too nervous to miss a tackle. <laughs> I'm not trying to give up, but, like, Tyler had that, that equity built up. You know, and, and he was really good at it. So I, it's always funny. I always joke and say when I stopped playing or I was in practice or even just like out in the backyard, like backyard football and all this stuff, that's when I would be like, all right, I'm going to go try to murder someone because if I miss a tackle, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> so, so you know, but I'm happy you said that because I love the energy and effort and how they were flying around. But you're so right. Like all of them, all of them, whether it was Kamal Haddon, whether it was um, Warren Burrell, Tank, Trey. Um, I mean, Warren, Warren got hurt. Christian Charles, whether it was all those guys that I'm naming, they all, each one of them had at least one good hit and good tackle in the game. But they each one of those also had a play where they came flying in, head down, and, like, wasn't seeing what they were hitting. And that shit is going to burn you at some point if you have bad habits. So mm-hmm. I'm right there with you, and I don't know if that's a teaching point um where Willie Martinez like start wrapping up or like he gives these guys a little bit of freedom to kind of go in there reckless because like I said the effort and the one two and the they're none of them were afraid to hit or tackle so like it was not that it was just like they're going in and not not wrapping up and that's going to come back to hurt at, at some point so yeah. um you know defensively overall though before I start getting into plays um, since we're talking about DVs, Kamal Hans, my favorite, my favorite defensive back. I think he's the best defensive back we have. I, I'm just going to say, like, last year I was impressed with him when he played. This year I'm impressed with him. He didn't start, which was surprising to me. I thought that he was absolutely going to start this year. But the guy has – he's a – he's, he he's a gamer because he makes plays. Like, last year he had the punch out at Bama. He always comes up with an interception. That interception he had, 
people are like, oh, he looked like he was beat. He was hip pocket. Now, if it was a better throw, maybe he could have gotten beat over the top. But he baited him. He picked it off. I think he plays with so much. Uh, he's that, like I said last year, multiple times. He's that corner that, like, even if you do beat him, it's not going to affect him. That dude's got so much confidence. He's coming right back, and he is going to punch a ball out, or he is going to get an interception, or he is going to hit your, you know, knock you out. And and yeah. so I, I just personally, from what I've seen, I think he's the best best defensive back we have. I love Tamari McDonald. I love Wesley Walker. I thought Wesley had some really good plays. There's a play that I have written down in my notes. They brought Wesley. He was playing the star position. They He was on the wide side of the field. And not only did they bring the outside linebacker on a blitz, but they brought Wesley on a blitz. And he timed it up as best as he could to not show it. Now, Ball State ended up completing it because it, it was a wide, wide throw, and our corner was playing way back because we were obviously bringing a blitz, so they don't want to give up anything super easy. But it was like a 10-yard hitch route that they completed. But, like, Wesley Walker almost made it. Like, he got the hit. He almost got the sack, and he was coming from, like, I kid you not, like 30 yards away. So, oh, yeah, no. so how fast he got there and stuff. So, I enjoyed him. Like I said, uh, Christian Charles, I thought, played well. I, I know people get a little upset with Kenneth, Kenneth or um, with Warren Burrell. I thought Warren Burrell, like, had a fine game. You know, I thought I thought he played okay. Um, I thought Byron Young looked awesome. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I thought you talk about specific plays, like – uh, Joshua Josephs like showing up, batting the ball down. I like, have it. Yes. You know, and we talked about, you know, I talked to some of the offensive linemen. They were like, he is going to be an issue. And that play didn't happen at the end of the fourth quarter. That was in the first quarter. Like they are playing Joshua Joseph. Like he is enough of a specimen and a football player where he is getting rotated in immediately, which is awesome to see. I, I absolutely – I have it down. I was going to get there. I, I love to see that. If that had been in the third quarter, I still think it's a great play. It was like the second possession or third possession on defense. Yeah. And you know what You know what was so funny about that? If he had not read his keys, he probably would have picked it off. But what he did – or I shouldn't say read his keys. If he had not done what he was supposed to, he may have picked it off. But since he got a jam and got a hit on the guy, it delayed him just a second – to where he hits his man, gets a jam, and then looks, and that's when he is going to find the ball and, and gets it back. But if he was not paying attention, just watching the quarterback, he might have picked it. But I would yeah. rather have the player do what he's supposed to do because in in the long run, it's going to pay off. But to see him out there, Jordan Thomas, the defensive freshman defensive back, had a great tackle on kickoff, so it was great to see him. He already looks like a like a good player, man, like size wise, physical wise. Yeah. Uh, you know, defensive line, Roman Harrison brought his energy, uh, as always. Byron Young was out there flying around. Didn't get as much production out of him as I would have liked. It's okay. It doesn't matter. He's going to be there. Tyler Barron was whatever. Um, I, I thought Dominic Bailey, like I said, was and Garland were good to see, like getting some pressure. Yeah. Amari Thomas played played well. I thought Amari actually read the screens pretty well. I he did, just, too. I thought there was a few plays, like when he got one-on-one – pass blocking that like he made some moves on dudes where he was in the backfield running after like the quarterback no one was on him he was going to get a sack if he held onto that ball and he he would you know let it go so there was very close sacks left on the field because I think Ball State's quarterback was like I'm getting rid of this shit I'm not getting leveled by these guys I, I don't want that so I think he played smart as well. 
it was probably definitely a coaching point and teaching point going into this week. Like, Hey, get rid, get rid of the damn ball, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, so, you know, I'm really excited to see the de- defensive line rotation again this week. You know, like I said, I thought Deshaun Terry had some good plays when he was in, is he going to show, is he going to be in more in bigger spots this week? You know, we'll see, um, you know, Byron Easton was in there. Latrell Bumpus was in there. Like, let's see, let's continue to see who's going to give us progression linebacker wise. Like I already said, I thought Aaron Beasley played well. They got Salma Page in there. I actually like to see PA Garland. So I've been I like PA. He was actually getting into play at linebacker. They brought him off the edge a couple times. It was yeah. good to see him get hurt later in the game after a nice hit. I hope he's okay. Juwan Mitchell, I, I want to see him. Um, you know, we talked to him at practice. He said he felt great, said he was super healthy. Now that obviously there was still a week or two weeks left in camp and you don't know what happens. You know, I don't know. I I I, I hope to see him. I I think I heard hype say something yesterday like we're just going to evaluate him and see how he goes I mean I really want him on the field because I think he's a talent upgrade even yeah. though you know even though I'm not gonna you can't hear anyone else preach more about Aaron Beasley than I was so um yeah so defensively I'll just jump into a couple plays and then yeah we'll, go ahead I mean I, I kind of pointed out the ones I saw like already so go ahead okay and then we'll we'll jump into our locks of the week and stuff like that and Pitt. and maybe talk a little bit about Pitt um yeah, so I already said I loved our defense pre-snap and I, how I explained how they brought the middle linebacker to the other outside to kind of have that that 5-1 front. Um, I already mentioned how they had Tank has taken number two and, and Tamari McDonald take number three, ended up working out. Um, I didn't – this isn't a specific play, but, like, once again, Kyler, this year, I just feel like our team gets so freaking fired up for each other. And, like, I, I love that. Like, that is a huge effing deal. When you see Tamari McDonald get a pick and some of the most excited people for him are his competition that yeah. are trying you – know, and I, I love to see that because then you, you – the competitor of you – the competitor in you wants you, – you know, you want to be the starter. But if you're not, you keep working hard, you keep practicing because you never know what something's going to happen, you get your opportunity, but – we're still genuinely happy. And I feel like this team is genuinely happy for each other. So I just had that in my notes. I forgot to mention that. I said on here, I love Jordan Thomas on kickoff. I was happy to see Garland, Barron, Amari, uh, Beasley on the edge. And I, I put all three of them because all three of them, you know, were having some time coming off the edge. Beasley flying around, really nice play on the first and 10 with 11.55 to go. Uh, how he scraped over the top, that's the one I was talking about. Um, you know, where uh, he scraped on the other side and Warren Burrell came up and was flying up too. Besides, sorry, talking about Double Day, Double J, Joshua Jovis, uh, um, Elijah Herring was in there. Um, I always get it confused. Elijah's the one that's there now. I'm sorry. Yes. I was, so Elijah was in there. He was getting some run on defense. Great to see that as a true freshman. That's big time. Um, um, let's see. I already got talking about Kamal Hatton, how many great plays he had. He had a great he got he got a little handsy, but they didn't call him. But he had a besides his interception, they had the bat away. He had some good hits. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else I have. Like I said, have DBs flying around on here. It's a great stop by Tank coming off the edge on that third and whatever or fourth and whatever. By the way, I respected Paul State going for those fours because they didn't have a chance anyway. So you know, good on them. Hey, it gives uh, us some practice, like, for our guys to be like, hey, don't think the drive's over after three downs. 
yeah, exactly. So on one of the screenplays that they did run, I thought, I thought Aaron Beasley read it unbelievably perfectly. Not only does he read it, because he was in a way kind of like if it got past him, it was going to have a chance to go for another 10, 15, maybe before someone else is there. But he, he gets through traffic, which is a absolute massive ability as a linebacker or as a safety to be able to wiggle your way through traffic and not get caught up in blockers. We know Beasley's Aaron Beasley's not the biggest guy. So if he does get caught in traffic, he's pretty much out of the play. So, and it's not a manhood thing that he just doesn't run up there and blast a guard because he will do that. We've seen him do that in a run stop. But on a screenplay, like, you don't want to engage in those guys. So the fact that he fought through traffic, made a good tackle, and besides a good tackle is a good hit. Mm-hmm. Um, good play with Ramel, come down with the deep dig, batted away. Um, oh, yeah, so Warren Burrell, great play in the third and ten. It was man coverage. They run a guy. It, oh, dude, this play was unbelievable. So it's third and ten, and if you're watching – they you remember when, what part of the game it was? I'll put it in here. It was third and 10. I don't know. It might have been the second quarter. Okay. And it's uh, they're in man and they're checking to see if we're in man, I guess. Or, you know, it's, it's one of the tricks that the offensive do. Well, they'll run a man in motion to see if someone follows or if you bump. Well, we followed. And so if they see that Warren Burrell's in man coverage. So if you're watching on YouTube, Warren Burrell's out here. They run the guy in motion. He follows. They bring him back out. But then they let the two in front of him kind of go out to try to clear and they run their drag route. Warren Burrell comes all the way over top, fights through traffic. The guy catches it on the other side, and it looks like he has a chance to turn up and maybe get the first down. Warren Burrell comes down like a freaking missile, makes the tackle, but it was also a really good firm hit, and stop it. And it was like, that's so impressive that you're in man coverage and you fought through all the traffic of all the different receivers, defensive backs, linebackers dropping the coverage. And that not only was he there, but then he also makes the play and stops it short. Yeah. You know, I had to give him a shout out on that because people don't understand how hard it is to play man and also have to be in trail man coverage when they're trying to basically pick you or get you caught up in all the nonsense. Exactly. Shocker that I have Roman Harrison brings the wood. That's what he does. He plays so hard. DT made a great stop at 740 in the second quarter. Um, yeah. That, and, and then I talked about the Wesley Walker coming on that blitz from a mile or freaking way, but man, I'm, I'm, I think our DBs, you know, I think our corners and our and our, our star position, you know, they don't they don't worry me. I, I and I and I like Tank and Trey, but like I said, they're a little bit above average. You know, their Madden ratings in 81, 82, and I, I think they need to get to 84, 85, 86. And it it's just those little things. It's those little things of watching what you're hitting, wrapping up. You're not Eric Berry. That's okay. You know, you know. In high school, I wasn't Kyler Kerberson, so I, I, I played a game a little bit differently than just, yeah. you know what I mean? So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my my know, game you was. Know, you got to know who you are and you got to play your game. You know, when, when they say in golf, just play your game. You know, if you're not a long hitter, don't go out there and try to kill it. Stay no. in the fairway, you know, have my, good shot. My, my game was uh, get one yard at the backfield and stand there like this. Yeah, well, you're and yeah, just, you're and just wait for them to run into me and then grab them and fall. <laughs> yeah, the game was just re, 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 recap. Yeah, re, recap, recap, yeah. recap, whatever. Your job <laughs> is to throw people around and get in the backfield. So that's right. Um, okay, let's b- before we get our locks of the week, let's jump into the pit game. 
just kind of talking about it, what we see, what we think we're going to see, anything like that. I watched the Pitt versus West Virginia game, so I have some talking points on that. Um, you know, I I thought – I think Pitt's, like, main thing, they want to be that pro-style offense. They want to run from under center. They want to get in the shotgun when they need to get in the shotgun and throw the ball around. But I think Slovis is actually a better passer than they give him credit for. It's like they want to run the ball so much. And I'm like, y'all, like you, like he's actually pretty good. And you guys had most of your success th- like throwing the ball. Um, they, their one running back, uh, Rodney Hammond, is incredible, number six for Pitt. So when he runs the ball, you got success. When the other guys do, it's uh, there's nothing there. Um, so I, I think there's in Pat Nardizzi said this, they're like so concentrated on running the ball that it might even take away from their offensive production. I know you need to run the ball to pass the ball. You need to, but to you know, they had 25 pass to 35 run. It's like they they want to run the ball way more than they want to pass. Um, I think Slovis is a good quarterback. He does not have the legs like Kenny Pickett does. He can still run if he needs to, but he doesn't have the legs. West Virginia got five sacks on this Pitt offensive line. Even though Pitt's O-line has five returning starters, Yeah, I, I think it was Slovis not really like feeling comfortable to escape the pocket, not really be able to. And they got pressure up the middle on him, um, which is going to be so important for us. Um, I'm trying to think uh, based off the offense. I don't have much else for that. Defensively, on their defense, or linebacker number seven is their captain. He flies around. He gets after it. He lays the wood. He also, I saw him on different plays, call out what was about to happen and say, Hey, it's going to be a run and like understand the formations that, that West Virginia was in. So this guy watches film. He's smart. He's definitely someone we got to watch out for. Um, but I also saw their linebackers over pursue a lot. And I don't know if that's a first game thing, you know, just trying to get in the rhythm <laughs> Yeah, so fired up, you're just running. Yeah, you're just freaking going. But, like, I saw them over-pursue a lot. And, you know, that number 12 for West Virginia was able to cut it back and find the seam on the backside of everything. Um, I think they have a very active rush. Uh, they They are sending blitzes, like you were talking about earlier. They're also sending blitzes. If it's third and long, they're not just rushing four. They're bringing five, sometimes six guys. So they would rather the quarterback be uncomfortable than to cover our guys, but their DBs ain't it. I mean, they're not it. Like 25 was getting toasted by by guys, and these West Virginia wide receivers aren't like household names. You know what I mean? So my thought process is Cedric Tillman, if they if they man up on Cedric, like he's going to have a freaking day. Because that's what they were doing. They were manning up on a lot of these wide receivers. Um, so I, I love that, that they would rather pressure than 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 cover. Um, they got three sacks on their own. So they, they were able to get to the quarterback. 
So if they're going to pressure like this, we need to take advantage by running screens, by running draws, by bringing in a bunch, blocking tight end. We need to take advantage of that kind of stuff um, since they are so active. And, I mean, West Virginia isn't ranked. They're not seen as, like, a really good team this year. And Pitt barely escaped. They couldn't stop them on defense. The only reason they won that game is because a ball bounced off the hands of a West Virginia wide receiver, literally his hands, and just luckily fell into the lap of a DB. That is the only reason Pitt won that game. So that makes me feel good about this game going forward that it's it wasn't Pitt just being all out so much better than this West Virginia team. I mean, that was a battle, and Pitt barely got away with a victory there. Yeah, I I got to watch a little bit of this game because we got there that night, um, watched kind of the end of the UT game for a minute, and sat down and watched it. I wish my uncle and I and my dad were cheering very hard for Pitt. We wanted Pitt to win. We want them to be ranked. We yep. wanted, you know, and obviously I don't like a team coming off of a bad loss. As you know, that week of practice, they are going to be get, you know, their ass is going to be handed to them. They're going to be, it's going to be super locked in. Let them get this emotional win. And I agree. I don't think West Virginia is very good at all. Like the fact that Pitt didn't kind of win this game by 14, 10, 17, yeah. and the fact they got gifted. If, if Buddy just catches, I mean, it was perfectly in his hands. If he catches that, you know, West Virginia wins that game probably or definitely should have won that game. So um, I think you're going to see offensively from us, I think you're going to see a lot of screens if they try to if they try to bring the house. If they don't double Cedric, I think he could have a field day. Um, I, they don't really scare me, you know, uh, offensively. So, and like I said, I, I, I trust our defense. I think our defense is good. I don't, I don't think they're – World beaters, but um, yeah, I, I I still think we win this game, and I think the the, the two keys for me, they're going to make me feel the most comfortable. Like I I still think if we don't play our best game, that we still have a chance to win. But I think if we win the turnover margin, mm-hmm. and say so, you know, hopefully we don't have any. But even if we have one and they have three, I think they're screwed. And I think if we get up on them early. If we can jump out just a 10 or 14 like we did to them last year or like we did to South Carolina, Missouri, uh, damn, everybody we played basically last year, I think that really will take them out of their game. And they're not going to have a Kenny Pickett um, back there as a leader of that team that can say, hey, guys, we're all good, one play at a time. Let's do this. I just think that if we can jump out on them early and win the turnover battle, then I think by – Game starts at 3.30. I think by 4.30, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, 5 o'clock, I'm feeling pretty good. So, But but I'm very excited. I, I want this game so bad. I want this game so bad. Because of what happened last year, because of Pat Nardgazy, because of it, we need it to continue this trajectory. And just the late – like, do you hear what they did? They tried to give they tried to give us, like, 400 tickets up in, like, the 500 section. So we didn't buy. We just returned all of them, and we got like thousands and thousands of people going, and we just bought them all off like StubHub and stuff. You know, 
So I, I think we're going to have a great crowd. You know, if, like I said, if I wasn't going to Georgia or LSU, then I would have gone to Pitt. Yeah, so. I think we're going to have a great crowd. I would say two more things about the game. Inside zone on offense for us, it's going to kill their defense. They run that four down lineman. I think we're going to be able to get great double teams. The interior of our offensive line is our strength. And I think Eckler is going to be able to take advantage of their punt team. They had a blocked punt. West Virginia blocked a punt, and that guy was barely even trying to block the punt because they were on this rugby-style spread out. Eckler was able to take advantage last year of different teams. I think he has enough experience and enough knowledge and be like, I know exactly how we can confuse them and get a blocked punt out of this, and it's just all about timing. But I, I think if there is an opportunity for it, we're going to get it. So I'm excited about special teams too. Um, And maybe if, you know, D Williams comes back, I I, I don't know what's going on with him either uh, as our return guy. So uh, looking forward to it. Would you like to jump into the lock of the week, Reed? Oh yeah. Let's hear what you got big boy. Cause you're behind me by, I got a lead on you so far for the season. I know you got a lead on me. You got a lead on me. I will look at the exact spread right now. I am so confident in this pick um, that I didn't even look at spreads. I am almost guaranteeing that I win this one. Um, And let me make sure. Lock of the week. Lock of the week. All right. Perfect. It is Florida versus Kentucky. Minus four and a half. Florida is a favorite at minus four and a half. And I'm taking Kentucky. Oh, wow. I just started writing down UF. Okay. So I am taking Kentucky. The reason I'm taking Kentucky, Florida looked good versus Utah, and everyone's very nervous about it. Utah is the second best team in behind. Second or third best team behind Oregon, maybe USC. And Oregon just got wally mopped by Georgia. This notion that the Pac-12 is very good uh, because they play each other, it's just – I don't see – I think Utah is a good team. I wouldn't say they're number seven. I don't think they deserve number seven. And so Florida's win doesn't seem as drastic to me. Also, Utah sort of won that game. They were literally on the goal line about to score a touchdown, and he got too overconfident in throwing to his tight ends, threw into like triple coverage. They could have kicked the field goal and tied it and went to overtime. So I just think Florida isn't quite as good as everyone thinks. Also, They are so high on themselves right now. This is that sleeper game that's Kentucky coming in after a big, big win. And you're so high. And so I'm I'm great. I'm great. We're going to be good. We just went out and got hammered on Saturday night. You know they did. Kentucky's going to come in like, this is our game to prove that we're the number two team in the SEC East. That's what they want to prove. And they have had good luck versus Florida for I don't know how long. That is one of those games 
where it's always like Florida is good, but they can't beat Kentucky. Kentucky has their number for some reason. So I see this as Kentucky winning outright versus Florida because they're coming off that big win. They're high in themselves. They've been partying for the past three days, and Kentucky has something to prove playing Florida. So I see Florida losing to Kentucky this weekend. Okay. Do you want to take – are you taking Kentucky and the points or are you taking Kentucky money line? Because if you take Kentucky <laughs> – I am going to just take the points because I'm not very good better apparently and I lost last week. That's okay. So what's the points did you say? It's four and a half? Yeah, I, I see one at four and a half. Yeah, that might even jump. So we'll tell people that your lock of the week is Kentucky and the points. So I'm just yes. going to take Kentucky and the That's points because it changed because today's – Month, uh, Tuesday, and this could change. So if you get if you can get Kentucky at six or seven points, that's what Kyler's down is. All right, so I'm going to put Kentucky plus the points. Now, Kyler, out of all of your rambling, remember in, in Billy Madison and all of that. First off, the number one thing that I think about that is I I mean I didn't watch any of the Kentucky game. I can bet your you can bet your ass that I was screen watching the Alabama the uh, Kentucky score against Miami of Ohio because if they lost, I was going to just lose it and be so happy. And I was also watching that South Carolina Georgia state score and it was pretty close. Yeah. How do you feel about your South Carolina loss pick? Listen, that's a long way away. It's first play (laughs) first game of the year, but the number one thing you said and all of that, and I hear you out. The reason that I would do it is because like you said, they're coming off of the high and Kentucky always plays them well. I'm, I'm, I would stay personally. I'm staying away from this game because I do think Florida ends up winning because it's in the swamp. But mm-hmm. I love where you're thinking. I think it will be a close game. And like I said, Kentucky beat them last year. And because I was watching that game, uh, potentially had money on that game. But Kentucky is is that thorn in their side. So I, I respect that. I'm good with you. Mine is I'm trying to look up here because I've already placed them last night. I took Alabama first quarter, and I took Alabama first half, and I'm also probably going to take Alabama oh, yeah. in the game. Oh, but yeah. I, I'm using my phone as a Zoom, so I can't remember what I exactly got it at, and I can't find it on the website. But I had, um, like I said, I've already locked it in. I think, I think first quarter was like seven or eight or nine, and then the half was like, by like 10 or 11 or 12. So my lock of the, of the week is Bama. I'll just say Bama full game. So I'm going to say my lock of the week. Yeah. I, I saw one that's it's minus 20. No, that's the full game. That's the yeah. full game. So I was trying to find the, I was trying to find the first quarter. Cause like I said, I've already, I've already placed it last night. I just don't remember what it is, but so instead of, since I don't have the official number, even though I'm telling you guys take Bama first quarter and first half, I'll take Bama minus the 20. Uh, and that'll be my lock of the week. I think that's a, I think that's a good bet. <laughs> I think it is. I don't good. think Texas is ready for that. I don't either. All right, great pod, my friend. It was good to have games to talk about. Heck yeah, man! And make sure you guys make those locks of the week on BetOnline.ag. Um, appreciate you all watching and listening. If you are watching, please subscribe, hit that like button, hit that notification bell, leave a comment. We love the comments, read answers, every single one of them. Um, And I try and get in there and like and answer if they're directed towards me. Um, If you're listening, please rate and review on all your podcast platforms, download, follow us on there. uh, So you, you 
get the podcast every Wednesday. Um, if you want to follow us on social media at Believe in Tennessee for our main account on Twitter, uh, at rbacon26 for Reed, at Kyler Curbison on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for myself. Um, and just appreciate you guys. Uh, cannot wait for next week. Uh, eat shit pit. And as always, go balls. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.